And in this portion of the Friday Morning Show, I am delighted to be speaking with a Disney fan and journalist by the name of Bruce Steele, who has helped put together a marvelous new book called One Day at Disney, Meet the People Who Make the Magic Across the Globe. This is a book in which we, in a sense, experience Disney all around the globe uh, through the course of essentially a single day. And uh, we're going to be talking with Bruce Steele uh, for the next few minutes about what it took to uh, assemble all of this wonderful information, all of these marvelous photographs, uh, and uh, what people are going to experience themselves if they take this book in hand. Again, the book is titled One Day at Disney, Meet the People Who Make the Magic Across the Globe. Bruce Steele, we welcome you to The Morning Show. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. So tell us, uh, first of all, a little bit about uh, what is behind those words, Disney fan. Uh, what has been your relationship to the world of Disney over the years? Well, I mean, I grew up as a, a Disney fan, watching all the Disney movies. I remember being so happy when uh, I'm old enough to remember when VHS tapes first came out, and then uh, you could get your favorite Disney movies and watch them over and over again. Uh, and then in the 1990s, uh, my husband was actually a Disney animator. So we had that magic silver pass that lets you go down to the theme park anytime you want and take guests. We lived in Los Angeles, and so we could go down to Disneyland and Anaheim uh, as many times as we wanted. Uh, so I can't tell you how many times I've been there. <laughs> I uh, uh, I wonder what uh, particular projects uh, your husband worked on. I mean, would these be things that we have seen, or was he an animator in, in a sense in more behind-the-scenes fashion? No, he worked for uh, four years on a, a, a Disney animation feature called Dinosaur that came out in the year 2000. Very good. You know, your uh, your account reminds me of very close uh, family members that I have who uh, are at Disney all the time. I mean, repeatedly, year after year after year, they absolutely love it. And they aren't growing tired of it. And I think some people from the outside looking in would imagine that it, at some point the spell begins to, to wear off. And yet, at least for some people, that really does not seem to be the case. And it doesn't sound like it's at all the case with you. Uh, explain kind of the lasting power uh, that, uh, that the Disney experience has on, on a lot of people. And I think that's a good segue into uh, this beautiful book. Well, I, I would compare it to, uh, you know, in Peter Pan, when they, they leave London and go to Neverland, uh, and it's just, you know, this beautiful, idyllic place uh, with some pirates, but um, it's a place that you can just revisit and, and sort of leave the world behind uh, and enter a world that's, that's perfectly made and perfectly displayed and fully entertaining and colorful and, and then it's both always the same and yet always different. I guess that's the part that sometimes people who are really not <laughs> Disney people, so to speak, maybe don't kind of appreciate or they that that sense of sameness is all that they maybe understand or all that they notice and uh, maybe not fully appreciating all of the ways in which Disney perpetually remakes itself, reshapes itself over the years. And I'm sure as someone who's been such a frequent uh, visitor to various theme parks, you've seen that up close. Well, yeah, and, and to tie it to the book, we talked to about a dozen different people 
uh, in the Imagineering department. And the Imagineering division of Disney are the people who think up everything that goes into the theme parks, uh, from the decorations that you see on the street to uh, the uh, very elaborate rides uh, that they come up with that everybody loves. And they are, you know, they're constantly at work and constantly creating new things. One of the things that's a, a big part of the book is the creation of Galaxy's Edge, the new Star Wars immersive Star Wars land that's at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. So yeah, they they they're at work all the time creating new experiences. Not sitting on their laurels at all. <laughs> so let's talk more specifically about uh, this book and and what an ambitious project it was. First of all, whose idea was it, this idea of following, in a sense, the worldwide world of Disney through the course of a single day? Whose, whose idea or concept was that? Well, it actually goes to Bob Iger, who was the CEO of the company. I mean, as part of his job as CEO, he goes all over the world and meets all of these people who work for Disney in all of these different capacities, and he thought it would be really interesting to show people who love Disney all of the different jobs that go into the creation of, well, what we call the magic of Disney. And, of course, not just, for instance, Disney World, which is maybe what most Americans know uh, most intimately, but Disney as it is, as it is experienced uh, across the globe. So, for instance, when we open up the book, uh, where are we first? Well, the first the first stop is actually Walt Disney World uh, with a young woman named Stephanie Carroll, who is a ranch hand. Uh, but one of the interesting things about the jobs in this book is is Disney takes ordinary jobs like ranch hand and makes them sort of magical and wonderful. And uh, although her main job is to take care of the horses and to guide people on, on trail rides, she also gets to dress up in uh, the magical coachman outfit from Cinderella and drive the Cinderella coach with a team of six white horses uh, that are used for what they call fairy tale weddings. You can hire out the, uh, the Cinderella coach as part of your wedding for wedding photos and for a wedding experience. And also the Cinderella coach, of course, uh, appears in the parades at Walt Disney World. So not only is Stephanie Carroll taking care of horses, which she's been doing since she was eight years old, she also gets to be uh, a character uh, in this story. Hmm. And so Disney takes care to make sure that people that uh, might even have what at a glance would seem like a rather mundane sort of position or responsibility, they see to it that even those kind of jobs have a little bit of magic sprinkled into them, so to speak. Well, sure. I mean, take, for example, the security guard uh, at, uh, well, there's two security guards in the book. One of them is at the, at the Disney Studios. And of course, you would think security job would be security guard would be a sort of a boring job, but he's the guy who you know gets to talk to Chris Pratt and Keanu Reeves and and all these people that come in and out of the Disney Studios. The other uh, security guard is at Walt Disney World, a guy named Pete Dufour, who is a another Army veteran. Uh, there's several in the book, and Pete uh, gets to run what they call the flag retreat ceremony every day at 4:30 when they. Bring take the American flag down at the plaza at the end of Main Street, USA, and uh, retire it for the day. And every day they pick out of the guests who are coming into the park, just randomly select somebody who was a veteran, uh, a United States veteran, and have that veteran participate in the flag retreat ceremony. And they honor that veteran's service uh, every day, uh, a different veteran. So even these really uh, jobs that you would think would be uninteresting have uh, – really interesting elements to them. 
Lovely. We're speaking with Bruce C. Steele about uh, the book that he helped put together titled uh, uh, One Day, One Day at Disney, Meet the People Who Make the Magic Across the Globe. I do want to make sure we spread our gaze uh, on on sort of uh, an international level, but I do want to have you explain to our listeners how much of the United States we see in this book. I mean, a lot of people, of course, know all about Disney World and a lot of people know about Disneyland, which came before it, that are sort of on each of the of the coasts. But you don't settle for just those two locations. Uh, ex- explain to our listeners some of the other places right here in the United States uh, that you also take us to in this book. Well, of course, Lucasfilm, that creates all the Star Wars movies and experiences, is located in the Bay Area, as is uh, Pixar up around San Francisco. So we spend a lot of time in uh, the San Francisco area. ESPN is headquartered in Bristol, Connecticut. So we also have to go to Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, Have to go to New York City to talk to Robin Roberts from Good Morning America and David Muir from ABC World News Tonight. Uh, And, of course, then we go to the uh, theme parks in uh, Orlando and Anaheim. I'm probably leaving some out, but that's a that's a good example. So that reminds us, of course, that Disney is not just the things that are emblazoned with those Mickey Mouse ears or uh, whatever other logos we associate with Walt Disney uh, himself and Disney itself, but uh, also uh, some of the properties that Disney owns and, and operates, and that's a considerable list. It is a considerable list. It's uh, Pixar and Lucasfilm and ESPN and ABC and Adventures by Disney and uh, Broadway shows. There's a, there's a lot going on. So take us beyond the borders of the United States because, of course, that's part of what is really wonderful about this book. Uh, we don't even have time, of course, to go through the entire list, but uh, tell us some of the places outside of the United States uh, that your book takes us. Well, of course, we have to go to uh, the Shanghai Disneyland Resort and Hong Kong Disneyland and uh, Disneyland in Tokyo. My favorite story about uh, the Asian properties is it was very difficult for me to set up interviews with the folks in Asia because when they're going to bed, it's about time we're getting up in the morning. Right. So I finally had to get up really early in the morning to talk to um, a woman who uh, is a stage manager for the parades at, at Tokyo Disneyland. And I talked to her at 7 o'clock my time in Asheville, North Carolina. And about 15 minutes into the interview, there was some this noise on the line, like, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And they said, oh, the fireworks have just started here. Ah. So it's 7.15 in the morning on the East Coast in Japan. They're wrapping up the day with the fireworks at Disneyland Tokyo. And I just thought that was a, a, an amazing uh, example of the scope of Disney and how there's always something going on 24 hours a day somewhere in the world. Right. One of the things that uh, Disney fans will especially appreciate is that you take us behind some of those cast members-only doors uh, where a lot of the magic is actually created away from the public eye. What kind of access were you given, and what did you think about in terms of what would be most uh, interesting to share with the public? And maybe some of those decisions weren't even entirely yours to make. No, the cast, the cast members were indeed selected before I came on board the project. That, that was a, a process that took um, more than a year, and uh, I came on for the last year of the project to do the interviews and the writing. My favorite 
behind the cast members uh, visit for myself was I was in Walt Disney World and I got to go to what is called the Holiday Services Warehouse. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It is a huge warehouse. It is bigger than any Costco you can imagine. And there is nothing in there except holiday decorations, 50-foot trees, tiny little uh, trinkets, uh, entire rows of nothing but Santa heads and reindeer and all this stuff. And then in the back, uh, in the back of the warehouse is an area that looks like an auto service kind of facility, except instead of servicing autos, they're servicing holiday decorations. So in place of uh, an automobile on, uh, uh, brought up on uh, a lift, they've got garland hanging there in front of them, and they're fixing up the garland for, for the holidays. And these, and these people work at this 365 days a year, and you wouldn't even think of it unless um, you were you're reading something like One Day at Disney. Hmm. Sometimes when we examine things that kind of have an aura of magic about it, uh, sometimes when we examine things more closely, the magic begins to, to dissipate a little bit. I get the sense from the way you're talking that this has not uh, had that effect at all on you. If anything, you uh, appreciate the, the magic of Disney uh, even more deeply now. I, I think figuring out how the magic works uh, just makes it more magical because there is all this work and energy and uh, planning and scheming and testing I can't tell you the uh, how many times they have to test out the, the rides that they put together for the theme parks before they even get to the part where they're building it. Um, and then there's this, but there's a magical leap in between uh, the technology and the nuts and bolts and the actual experience that is just sort of inexplicable. And uh, I think knowing everything that goes on before you get to the experience just makes that experience all the more fascinating. Hmm. Bruce Steele, the book is One Day at Disney. Meet the people who make the magic across the globe. Thank you so much. Best wishes. Thank you.